Well, good morning to you and everyone, and good morning, Tim Ashoff. Good morning. Great to talk with you again, Dave. It's great to talk to you as well. So um, the hours of service rule is at long last in effect, at least for the time being. And what I mean by that is that uh, we now have another pilot program on the horizon for drivers to take part in. I think they want like eh, 250 or so folks to uh, work on a new um, split a rest plan uh, that's going to go into effect. So uh, as soon as we kind of, and, and they're really going to try to fast track that um, uh, in terms of getting it out uh, in record time. And what normally would take about five years or so, they're trying to, they're going to try to do this in three years. And that is light speed for government. So Tim, as slow as that seems, the changes are coming pretty fast. Yeah, you know, they really have. And uh, as we were kind of talking uh, in the break there, it uh, started kind of with Ray Martinez and then with Jim Mullen on, on them really getting out and interacting with the driver force and saying, hey, what are some good practical changes we can make that, that will actually continue to make your life safer? Because obviously that's the goal of the FMCSA. And, you know, some of these changes that we're seeing today were the result of that. And, and some of those were done fairly quickly given what we've seen in the past for rulemaking. So I, I have to hand it to them. And then currently, you know, the current administration moving forward was was sort of the same uh, mantra on having that driver involvement, which is great to see. Indeed, indeed. Well, of course, the hours of service rule is the most important regulation for drivers. Pretty much it covers all the bases on how they can use their time driving or not. So, Tim, um, you're going to be discussing the new hours of service rules, and but also some other top issues in trucking. So why don't we start with the new uh, recently implemented hours of service rule. It seems like it was coming forever and three days, uh, but um, the new hours of service rule is among other items that change the requirement for the 30-minute break and the split break provision. Still pretty early, of course, but, you know, everything's moving so fast now. What is early anymore? What is a long time anymore? So uh, what are you hearing from drivers about the new rule so far? Is it so far so good? Or is it, man, I don't, I don't really quite get this yet. Well, first off, you know, as we view the hours of service changes, we, we kind of viewed it as, hey, these are to provide flexibility for the driver, the changes that they're making to keep them safer and, uh, you know, give them rest when they want rest and need rest and take away some stressful situations. So as a company, we looked at it and said, okay, we're not going to change anything that we do. We're going to continue to try to dispatch drivers on loads they can do without having to take split sleep or birth, for example, or otherwise. Uh, we have a lot of great experienced drivers. Then we let them trip plan and, and say what works best for them as they're traveling across the country, whether it's through the city or, or other things they may want to, um, you know, break differently for with some of the flexibility now to, to give them the, the safest opportunity to, to make that trip. So that, that was first off kind of our philosophy that these changes were made for the driver, not for the company. Um, so allow them to, to use that flexibility when they felt it was appropriate. So we had great feedback on that, that, hey, yeah, don't, don't force us to do something. Let us use these for the way they were intended. And then the second part of the, the feedback I'm getting is really uh, the most beneficial um, rule change right now is really that 30-minute um, break time. Uh, 
that not having to be completely off-duty time where you can use some on-duty not driving activities. And what I hear the most is, hey, you know, I, was, I got up, I, I drove, I, I was able to, you know, on a, we have a lot of longer length to haul freight, so I was driving my, my good morning, my good day. Um, I, I wanted to keep rolling, but I, I stopped and got fuel for 15 minutes. Then I had to just sit there and wait for another 30. Um, and so now being able to take that on-duty fueling time, for example, and just add another you know, 15 minutes onto that to get that full 30 and they get rolling again, um, that's what the feedback I've heard from the drivers that's been um, the most beneficial uh, to them to date from a practical standpoint. You know, Of course, we're not into the weather yet <laughs> of the winter and, and some of those other things where some of the other changes uh, may be helpful. So uh, we'll kind of see how that plays out. Um, and certainly, you know, some of the other uh, split sleeper birth rule that that may help them in times when um, you know there's potentially delays at a shipper receiver or hitting traffic in Atlanta or Chicago. Um, again, as I mentioned, our, our drivers have typically planned a lot for that, uh, so we may not see that used as much as as others. Um, but we do see you know drivers using that and, and trying to help them out when they do do that. One of the things that um, I thought was a key to really getting a grasp on the 30-minute break thing was that it went from being about the break to being about the driving, and it was all determined. In other words, it's a break from driving, but it's not a rest break necessarily in terms of, well, if you're going to break from driving, you're getting a rest from driving. Let's do something else, you know, Um so uh, I'm, I'm just saying that uh, that kind of change of uh, emphasis and uh, change of focus, I think, is, is, is one of the keys in terms of determining, well, what, what constitutes a break? Are you driving? No. Then you're on the break. It, it sounds almost too right, simple, doesn't it? Yeah, no, and I, you know, as you talk with drivers, it really is that uh, the key thing to them was was more that mental shift that I'm I'm not yeah. sitting behind the wheel doing what I'm doing, but but my mind is doing something different versus that physical break, if that makes sense, you know. And and I think it's okay if they're up moving around, whether they're fueling or or maybe they're uh, at a shipper receiver doing a drop and hook, because it's a total different mental break. And sometimes them moving around, they felt better, you know, saying, hey, taking a break and just sitting in there in my truck for 30 minutes waiting for you know time to click by that became more mentally taxing than than being able to do some of the things they can today so uh, again i think good input from drivers uh, i think the fmcsa took it to heart and and now we have you know a more practical rule because it is good to have a mental break i mean i think if you talk to uh, almost any driver you know after that amount of driving time they were taking a break anyway, or they needed to get away from behind the wheel for a little while to, to get that mental break. So I think it fits practically on, on what the drivers really want and, and need. Indeed, indeed. And you can continue to advance your day, so to speak, and uh, feel good about it, get a little bit of a change, uh, get a, uh, get your blood flowing a little bit, do whatever you want to do, you know. In some cases, do whatever you have to do, but um, uh, just don't be driving while you're doing it. You're, you're, you're good. Well, everything that uh, you do, you prepare for it. You either prepare enough or you don't, or you make the right preparations or you don't. We basically uh, are faced with that all the time around here in terms of these storms. You know, you and I talked about the new hurricane that's out here kind of heading our way, and um, you make preparations based on what you know at the time, but what you know changes pretty much all the time. Um, and I'm not saying that 
the hours of service rules have any kinship at all to a hurricane and the timing factor because these things do take years to assimilate and then to go into, uh, you know, um, practice. But then there's a whole bunch of other people that have to basically, you know, plan for it all. The hundreds of ELD manufacturers had to uh, prepare for this. You guys did. All of the trucking industry did, drivers, managers alike. So when it comes to management, uh, how does things like the, how do things like this and this one in particular, Tim, change the way you manage drivers? And and what uh, have you guys done to prepare for the the change itself? And and how closely did you work with or did you really need to work with your ELD providers? Yeah, no, that's a that's a great question. And you know, as I mentioned earlier, is uh, we really didn't change the way we manage drivers as far as how we are um, going to you know give them loads, dispatch the loads, because again, we saw this as rule changes to provide flexibility for the driver, um, you know, not necessarily for the company to try to squeeze more out of a driver, so to speak. It's it's for the driver when they get in situations to be able to manage their time and to be as, as rested and as safe as possible. So from that aspect, we didn't really change anything. But what we knew we had to do was, yeah, what you mentioned, we had to educate drivers, and we had to work with our ELD providers on how this change would be implemented. And so, you know, with respect to educating drivers, um, you know, that, that can be a challenge when you have, you know, uh, uh, we have over, you know, 5,500 drivers across the country. Uh, so we did a number of avenues with respect to, you know, obviously some written materials, but uh, some uh, driver safety meetings, some videos, uh, continuing to talk with them about them uh, and helping them understand, you know, when this can be a benefit for them and then how to do it. And then certainly we have our own, what we kind of call our, our, our compliance team, our logs team that uh, does one-on-one -on -one calls with drivers that have, um, you know, expressed concerns, questions, or otherwise with respect to the rules. So we have that available uh, to any driver driver who has questions at any time. Um, but as far as, uh, you know, the ELDs then, you know, that, that gets a little tricky. You know, there are, as you mentioned, there are a number of ELD providers out there. Um, our providers is PeopleNet, and, you know, we're, we're not the only customer of these ELD providers, and they have to do things that are uniform across their systems, just like with anyone else. So, you know, a question comes up even, for example, okay, the new uh, split sleeper birth rule that's, you know, going to three and seven. When should we show a driver in violation? Should we show it, you know, they took a three-hour break, but then they're moving again. Should we show them in violation? Because if they don't take the seven, they're in violation. Or do you wait, you know, another eight, nine, ten hours and see if they actually took it and show them in violation then? And and so there's some of those intricacies that the, uh, you know, the FMCSA doesn't spell out in their rule uh, on how to manage it that you have to work with the ELD um, companies with and then the drivers to, to know what that means. Hey, you took a three-hour break um, and then started moving again. Um, you may be in violation if you don't stop and take a seven-hour break. So the, this ELD provider decided to show you in violation, so you know that. Uh, another one may have decided not to show you in violation, so you have to you have to uh, you know remember that on your own and, and know uh, how to do that. So uh, it just various variations like that that we have to work through, and then again educate our drivers on that. 
And then, of course, ELD providers will change. They'll say, okay, well, we thought this was the best way to do it, uh, to help drivers understand and plan. Maybe it's not. We'll get feedback from drivers now and say, hey, should we adjust? So we're trying to be that, that conduit there between our drivers and what they're seeing and, the, and our ELD company um, to uh, you know, make this easy to understand, uh, most of all, uh, and then second, um, easy to implement for the drivers. Wow, thank you for that. Boy, you walked right through that pretty pretty plainly and, and clearly, Tim. Really appreciate that. If you're just joining us, uh, Tim Ashoff is with us. He heads up uh, Crete, Schaefer, Hunt, and uh, he uh, and this, of course, is trucking trends, and we're kind of talking about the new trend. Uh, I guess the new trend in trucking is change. It's changing every uh, trend is changing, or change is trending, I guess is the way to put it. And something big changed for you guys on October 1st, and uh, I, I want to bring this up because um, uh, you guys at Creek Carrier Corporation raised driver pay on October 1st. I don't think that's news to anybody within or without the company itself. But uh, Creek Carrier, Schaefer Trucking, over-the-road drivers got a, a, a pay increase. Uh, what are the factors that led to the pay raise? And i got to tell you something else, too, Tim. Um, uh, we have um, a couple of guys that join us on the program um, every month from um, freight freight waves, and well, not not from both of them are not from freight waves, but um, we have um, the um, guy who heads up carrier lists, uh, Kevin Hill, and uh, Doctor uh, Jason. Um, Maxwell, who joins us from Michigan State University, and we were talking about, uh, you know, the, the the not a quarter, but the months of uh, December, January, February as being most, mostly slow higher months traditionally as the cycle of the year, you know, you know presents itself. And uh, they don't know how that's going to work out this year because of uh, capacity. And um, he he made some pretty interesting points about um what's uh, what's happening right now in in terms of um you know uh companies uh, you know doing the he says well I guess the um the bonus season has already started and we've seen some big names put out the fact that bonuses are on the table again and he's not a fan of bonuses uh you are certainly not a fan of bonuses and I kind of wanted to dice that into the equation uh, or into the discussion I think about what you guys did on October 1st in terms of your pay raise Sure, you know, and and you're right. Uh, we've we've not been a fan of bonuses for a, a couple of reasons. One, we feel that um, you know drivers should be able to participate in our success for the long term, and, and you know bon bonuses are often you know a flash in the pan, so to speak. Uh, and and the the other part of bonuses that we're generally not in favor of is that there's so many. Um, uh, hurdles you have to jump uh, to, to get that bonus. You got to really pay attention to the fine print, and, and that's just never who we are. I mean, we want to be upfront with everybody. This is this is the job we have. Uh, this is who we're looking for. You know, great quality, experienced drivers, and then we reward you for that, and we reward you. You know, every mile that you run, and you're going to be rewarded uh, the whole time you're here. Because our goal is is not to get a driver for a month, a, a number of months, a year. Our goal is to get them for a career. And so when we look at pay, we say, you know, how do we provide, you know, sustainable long-term benefit to our drivers? And so, you know, as we got into the, this latter part of the year, we were looking and say, look, you know, drivers really, you know, had a great 
2018, pay went up, you know, real big step change for the industry on pay for drivers. And then, you know, by 2019, things had kind of turned um, and pay had really remained stagnant. So, you know, first off, you know, drivers had certainly earned another pay increase for what they've done over the last, uh, you know, 18 months. And then certainly uh, as they've been the heroes of the road here during the COVID period. And then second, you know, we look at our long-term customers, which we have many, many of those, as you know, and say, okay, where are we at? We're able to get rate increases from them and our, we're working with our customers and then they're saying, look, we're, we're able to start to give you rate increases on, on what they're doing. Uh, they're actually, you know, many of our customers are actually benefiting from COVID and in in what they su- supply uh, the nation. So yes, we'll give you sustainable rate increases. So when we get that, we share that with our drivers and that's exactly, you know, what is going on. We started to get some of those now. Uh, we've shared that with our drivers here in October and, you know, quite honestly, I'll give you a little preview here and I think the drivers, we're, we're continuing to work with our customers and our goal is to be able to uh, even share more here starting in January. Um, you know, you kind of mentioned that uh, the, the, those couple of folks you talked to say January is a slower month for hiring. For us, it's actually one of our largest months for hiring, and, and we kind of uh, attribute to that. You know, we are looking for longer-term career-minded drivers, and a lot of those change. Those drivers are looking to change at the at, at the beginning of a year. Hey, they just you know stayed with their company been there maybe two or three years. They wrapped up a year um, and looking for, you know, kind of a fresher, longer-term start. And so January for us is actually one of our biggest months um, for hiring, uh, I think, because we are focused on people who want to make a long-term committed change and starting at the beginning of the year where I'm I'm starting my deductible over on health care and all those things that make sense to change them. Those are the kind of drivers we're looking for because they're thinking about the long-term. Got it. Got it. All right. And long term is what it really is all about. You know, I was talking to someone who said um, was on the show of last week, I guess, and one of the drivers called and said, you know, so you get a bonus and they're going to take some time to give it to you. And they're going to give it to you on the first day. That wouldn't make any sense. I guess folks have learned that the hard way. But um, say it's over the course of a year and they put it in, you know, your weekly, monthly, whatever you get paid. And then when the bonus is done, it's going to look like a pretty deep uh, pay cut for you at some time or another. And should you expect to keep up at that pace or what? So it uh, it doesn't yeah, end well, right. generally speaking. <laughs> you know, it, no, it never and, it, so and that's exactly right. And one thing I'm one thing I'm proud of is is here at Creek Carry and Schaefer Trucking. You know, we've never had a pay decrease. Uh, for, for our drivers, you know, when we've been through some ups and downs as, as you've been in the industry a long time, you know, um, seven, eight, nine, ten got, got a little, uh, murky there for the industry, but, you know, we're proud to say we never lowered our driver's pay during that time. We had no, we, we never, you know, took away things from our drivers. Uh, we powered through, we worked with them. They had been committed to us and, and we were committed to them. Um, you know, the one thing we do know though is when you're, when you're kind of transitioning from one job to another, um, it, it's a little, it's a little more difficult. So some people um, kind of look at that, well, I'll get that bonus and that'll help that transition. But as you mentioned, a lot of that bonus doesn't come until later on. And so what we make sure is we, we pay um, you know, really good um, orientation pay as they're coming on board. And, and then we do, uh, once they get into a, a truck in that first week, we pay them some, you know, first week pay in addition to their miles to kind of help with that transition. But, you know, that's no strings attached. You know, it's it's not something uh, we even really advertise as a, you know, flash in the pan type thing, because that's real. That's really there to help a driver 
you know, transition from one job to the next because, uh, as drivers may know, uh, it takes a little bit. You, know, you you don't earn as much in that first week as you normally would because you're getting out of orientation, you're getting settled in, and those types of things. So so that's what we view and you know how we view pay and and you know pay the driver for for what really matters and pay him for the long term. Wow, fantastic. I wish we could talk for the long term or at least a little bit longer, but we'll catch you next time, Tim. Thank you as always. Thanks, Dave. Great to be on again.